Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi folks, Justin Rogers here. Night two of the draft in the books. I dropped a Neo, added a Wojo, and we are here to talk about the Detroit Lions four picks. Uh, we're gonna plead the fifth here on on the uh, the names. We you know we gotta we gotta work on some of our pronunciations of of these guys. Uh, I think that's the responsible thing to do. So they will be known strictly by their first names, and we might even go with Iffy for the the cornerback because that's what the GM's calling them right now. But uh, Wojo, two defensive tackles to start off the night. You know, I think that's the uh, the big news item. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I would say Brad Holmes and company added a lot of uh, pounds and a lot of consonants to the roster. <laughs> and and you're right. I mean, the names, we're, we're not making, we just don't want to butcher them. So we'll call them by the first name. Yeah, it's a respect uh, thing. But to me, it, may, it makes perfect sense, although... You know, it always makes perfect sense to me to get more beef on the offensive and defensive lines. I would never – I think Bob Quinn came in saying the same thing and didn't pick the right ones. But it, there is something about the, these guys that Holmes picked, and he talked about it, really high-end athletes, versatile athletes, and, um, and, and big people and big personalities. And I don't know if that matters in the grand scheme of things, but I feel like it does fit into their – love of football thing. I, didn't you sort of detect that listening to these draftees tonight? Yeah, I'm going to let Quinn off the hook a little bit here. He got a couple good offensive linemen in Taylor Decker and and Frank Ragnall, but uh, clearly did not do enough good on the defensive line. Um, you know, the thing I'm I'm really looking at with, with the previous roster and the previous regime is the interior pass rush just never was there. <laughs> and, you know, we, we always talk about defensive ends and edge rushers and sacks, but the, the truth of the matter is the pressure you can create up the middle creates both opportunities for those guys, opportunities for your secondary, because you're clogging the passing lanes on the quarterback. You're making him uncomfortable. You're getting him off the spot. You're rushing him. And I don't remember the number, but the, the lions interior pass rushes last year, like pressures, it was in the teens. Like it was really, yeah. really bad. And I so you added true. two guys here in, <laughs> in, in Levi and uh, Aleem who are, uh, athletes as you said you know they've they've got their different body types for one you know one is 285 the other is 320 they're both neither one of them is prototypes right but what i I really like about them is you see the explosion numbers from their their vertical leaps and their broad jumps you see the the speed in the 40 yard dash Uh, you see the change of direction speed that shows you that they are quick out of their stance, quick with the first step. And even though the Lions are sticking with a 3-4 defense at the heart, what is changing is how they're playing up front. This is now going to be more of an attack-driven defense. You add these two Thank guys God. to Michael Brockers, who had 30 mm. pressures himself last year, and you're trying to get that lack of interior pressure up to an acceptable level. That's, that's the building block foundation they're starting this defensive rebuild with. 
Right. And I like how um, Holmes just described it tonight. And it wasn't like necessarily selling people on the pick. He picks. He was just saying what. And they're not all what they appear to be. And it goes back to they do. Like he said, uh, Aleem, he, when he first looked at him, he thought that he was a stocky, uh, prototypical nose tackle. And then you watch him and he get he can get in the backfield. He's quick. Same thing with Iffy. The cornerback, he said, I, you know, I didn't know that he could do everything that he can do. And there's, I think, again, maybe that's what GMs try to do everywhere and get versatile guys. But there are definitely athletic traits in these guys, even going back to Penny Sewell, Sewell, that, um, that I think uh, are encouraging. And, and, and yes, we do appreciate that there's more beef. You know, one of my my favorite people on Twitter uh, goes by the handle Math Bomb uh, Kent. If you're familiar with him, you know he he invented this uh, system years ago, relative athletic score, and it kind of takes the different measurements from the combine, applies them to position, and and gives you a, a number from one to ten. Because he, he's basically compared all prospects in the combine measurable era, and it's just a really awesome resource to use around this time of year because you can start tracking trends and. You know, when we talk about athletes, all these guys on a 10 point scale are are in the eights. Like those are supreme athletes for their position. And and listen, Quinn targeted some of those supreme athletes in the early round, but he seemed to kind of drift away from it uh, in the middle and later rounds. And it seems like at least with this first draft and maybe it's coincidental, it's a small sample size with with four players here. But um, athleticism is at a premium. And when you look at pro bowlers and all pros around the league, those athletic traits matter. Obviously there's, there's outliers in, in any kind of data set, right? But in terms of percentages, the athletes rule the world, the, the top athletes rule these leagues. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with ever grabbing top tier athletes. What I'm really interested in with the cornerback, um, you know, I, I want to see this, I, I have this, this, quiet confidence about what this defensive coaching staff is going to be able to get out of those, those positions in particular. Oh, for uh, sure. I think Aubrey Pleasant has proven to be a, a pretty good defensive back coach. I think it was a nice pull for the lions. And then Aaron Glenn, you know, I, I look at what he did in new Orleans. He took over a secondary that was awful, like historically bad, one of the worst in league history. And, um, you know, he got some high-end prospects, but he got them to play at a very high level to the point where they were one of the best secondaries in the NFL last year. So I I kind of want to see how he'll handle with um, not just, you know, Melon Wapfu, or I got to see this is why we didn't know it. Uh, yeah, stop it. Don't even try. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, and, you know what else? You know what else? Or Warrior, which I can say because I've had some practice. I want yeah, to take these even onto that yet, athletes and, and see how much he can develop them, right? Yeah, but but the the other thing I like, even though it certainly appears like they addressed nine needs because they have lots of nine needs, I don't think Holmes was beholden to it at all. I mean, it was good that they beefed him, but he didn't get a a receiver. When you have so many needs, this is like the last free draft he gets. He can literally take anybody except for a kicker or a punter, and nobody can. Well, wait a minute. That's a luxury item. No, there is no luxury item. I love that they took three defensive players today. I do love that. I'd like to see a receiver tomorrow, but is it really going to be made or broken by a fourth or fifth round wide receiver? No, it's not. So, to me, uh, just keep uh, beefing it up. Uh, And and, – 
athleticism, athleticizing it up. That's, I know that's not uh, an actual word, but you don't see. I like no it. Lumps. There's no these guys like the, the uh, uh, lean guy uh, played running back, was a baseball player, can do everything. Um, I think that's a good start, a good base. Yeah, you know there there were. I think understandable complaints from from fans tonight that they drafted defensive tackle, defensive tackle. Kind of reminds you of last year when they went guard, guard, back to back, and uh, Logan Stenberg never ended up playing, right? But what you have to remember is they're tearing this thing down far more than they're admitting, and they're not drafting guys for 2021. I don't want to say they're punting on 2021 because they don't believe that, but they know they're not contending. So everybody they're drafting is for 2022, 2023, and 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Nick Williams, defensive tackle, free agent, year's end. Deshaun Hand, free agent, year's end. John Penasini, who was a decent rookie last year, was drafted to play a two-gap scheme. They're not, they have some two-gap elements, but he's not necessarily a schematic fit anymore. So you're you're rebuilding guys with guys that are going to be here for the long-term vision. You know what else they're doing? doing, And you mentioned it on, on defense. They're betting on their coaching staff. Sure. Because all like, even, even the Levi guy, uh, I'm sorry, but that's what I'm going to do. Even the Levi guy, like three years at Washington. And he, I think he had seven sacks. And if you read what people say about Great raw ability, but didn't really finish off and get the sack off. And I think they believe with their scheme and coaching, they can get that. The other thing with Levi, he's 23 years old. So he's should be ready to peak or 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 round out his game pretty quickly. And and again, I think that's I think they're betting on their their coaching staff to a certain degree, which you should do if you believe in that. It's like when Ziggy Hansa came in and he was like 32 years old. Yeah. I mean, um, three is kind of, and Sewell is what uh, twenty. So, I mean, that's a three-year difference, but not a huge thing. But young pup for sure. Uh, two picks tomorrow. It's it's mm-hmm. a, a pretty uh, light load. Um, we we just talked about Holmes. It doesn't seem like he feels the impetus to to get out there and and get more picks. So, the Lions might be done it. The fifth round, which for me, you stay though. You do not. Really... No, I, got, I got to stay to the bitter end. That's yes, the, you do. Feel like I'm still going to be sitting there waiting for them at all <laughs> no. moments to, to trade. So it's not like I'm going to get the afternoon off, but uh, less writing for sure. Um, th- you know, I don't, I don't have the the feel for the depth of this draft. Like I feel like I do normal years. I think right. the lack of a combine kind of. Uh, set me back as a reporter in terms of getting familiar with these guys, getting FaceTime with these guys, you know, didn't, didn't have any of that this year. Um, you know, in terms of receivers, I think, you know, if Tylen Wallace is still out there, I think that would be a really nice addition. Um, you know, but after that, you start getting into names that I, I know the names, but I don't know the, the skill sets as well as I did through the first three rounds. I think there's still room for linebacker. And of course they're, they're going to be looking for special teams contributors today. I also really like Jabril Cox. You know, that's, that's another guy that I had on the, um, he's still there, day, isn't he? Day yeah. two watch list. And he's, yeah. he's still lingering, you know, that's a, well, we would be remiss. We can't put people to bed yet. Can't we? Without any, can't. Uh, well, maybe we already did, but, but Justin now is going to uh, reenact and recreate um, Levi's uh, Zoom press conference, which was <laughs> tremendous. They don't lose your personality, kid, even though you're 23 years old. Um, but I mean, he dropped. Did you count? 
I mean, not angrily, just fun. S bombs and F bombs, and and they fit in with what he was describing. Like I like to blank people up, meaning on the field. Yeah, it was it was tremendous. I, I want people to talk like that more. I I texted one of the PR people, just kind of joking about it because they're the ones that you know have the big eyes, right? That they're like, yeah. oh, we're gonna, you know. I was like, just don't put too much polish on the kid, right? You're gonna have to clean them up a little bit you're probably gonna have to say no no more words that start with f you know you could slide in some 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 s and you're okay right like the different guys do it save it for emphasis yeah ass and damn we're we're just gonna test the fcc right here we hold into that i don't know how this works i'm i'm not in the radio business there woge but uh it was it was very colorful it was very fun. It was nice to see genuine personality. And what Brad Holmes said is they were laughing about it in the draft room. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes were laughing about it. And that is that is the change in tone, right? Like that would have the previous regime on edge that they got to uh, detox this kid and, 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 and scrub them down into, you know, oh, I, the way I described it the other day is like, I feel like I've spent three years eating plain baked potatoes in these interviews. And suddenly I got some sour cream, cheese and bacon, like not even just the, the interviews with the players. I don't want to read too much into it because we could make a mistake there. But even if you watch the video from the war room, when they drafted Panay and, and they, they're boisterous. They want, energetic and they want that in their players passionate like somebody asked him about levi's colorful language shows he has passion doesn't it okay yeah i mean you need athletes obviously but that does seem like it they have been a very robotic team under the previous regime um and it's changing a bit and there's listen there's something to be said about fake passion and in genuine passion too right right and you know, I, I guess I, I guess I'd compare it a little bit to maybe like the Pistons team that's going on right now. Like they're just, yeah, they're bad, but they're fun. And you can right. see uh, a, a vision of culture and trajectory leading to brighter days in the future. And I think, uh, you know, optimism is always high when there's a regime change and, and new blood coming in on all, all fronts. But I, I get why fans are excited. These guys are genuine and enthusiastic and they, they merit, the the excitement being attached and yeah they're probably going to be pretty bad on the field in 2021 but you're you're hopefully going to see some of that fun leak out onto the field and and you know and they have optimism into the future and they haven't done anything obviously lame or indefensible or what like what now you could do that and still make a great pick like frank ragdown was center in the first round but they haven't had that yet in uh I don't know. I think it's good that you're not you're not scratching your head when they like this when they make picks. So don't scratch. Don't scratch. Why don't we close head. this with some um, spirited tiger discussion. You want to talk? No, about let's. That? We've we've looped in way too much. We were going to keep under ten minutes. I see the <laughs> clock's now at fifteen. Terrible. So uh, day three, we'll you'll be back. We'll hang out tomorrow. We'll talk right. about those two draft picks because they are not adding more picks. I'm I'm wishing it into existence. Uh, we'll wrap up the draft and. Uh, Yeah, stick with us for all your Detroit Lions coverage. Woo!